We are once again gathered here today to bask in the golden light of mustachioed greatness. Today we honor the great Daniel Day. Hell no! We are not honoring Daniel Day, Huey, Dewey, and Lewis. He's had his share of honors and one of those will not be for his mustache in the film There Will Be Blood. The primary reason being that Double D Loser does not normally sport a mustache outside of using it for film. And even if he does, don't show it to me. I'm sure it has something to do with his method way of acting. You know, he's got to have his American accent. I'm sure he only wears a mustache when he wants to do that real American accent. He's like, you know, that's not... <laughs> So no, today we honor the amazing comedian, improv extraordinaire, and mayor of podcasting, Senior Paul F. Tompkins. Now, yes, yes, I can hear you all now typing feverishly on your computers running Linux. But PFT doesn't have a mustache in this movie. No, this podcast is not about honoring actors that wear mustaches only in film. This is about honoring the proprietors of a crop of multi-bristled goodness in their daily lives as well. And I do declare that Mr. Paul F. Tompkins is indeed that type of man, and we shall honor him in this film. Yes, we shall. PFT may not have started his career in a stash, but he sure as hell has found his stride behind one hell of a power stash, which he sports to this very day. Now play that damn th theme song. Shit. <laughs> so you're going to say, hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> it's the Mustachio Podcast. We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the Mustachio Podcast. For the last two hours worth of episodes and however long that stupid cold open was, you have only been hearing my nasally voice. I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the first episode, but as much as I love just hosting this solo Chicano as I like to refer to it, I do plan on having guests as well, and today we welcome Bridgette Rivera. She not only excels at culinary arts, interior design, and fashion, she also excels at putting up with my dumbass. Welcome to the Mustachio Podcast, yo Bridgette. Hello. Should I call you Brie? Yeah. Okay, because that's what I normally... It's probably less of a mouthful. <laughs> I don't know why um, I decided to just write your full name, even though you're my girlfriend. I don't Very get it. Very formal of you. If I am. I, I can't <laughs> help it. I was like in a mood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you decided on discussing, on discussing There Will Be Blood. You actually hadn't seen this movie before. I'd seen this movie one time. Actually, I think I saw it. Um, it wasn't. I say, actually, I think I've seen it twice because I think I saw it in the theater when it came out, and then I saw it again. I think my sister got me the movie, and uh, I we were just kind of looking through trailers together, and we saw the trailer, and you decided you wanted to cover it. What was it about the movie that made you want to check it out and learn a little bit more about this film? Um, mostly the the trailer. I don't know, something about the tone was just dark enough to keep me intrigued, and I wanted to know more. I mean, we watched, what, three or four trailers trying to decide which one we were going to go with? Yes, yes, I do remember we did. This one, I think, 
I think what made this one seem interesting was the fact that it kind of has this gloom and doom. Like, it feels like not a lot was going on, but whatever was going to be going on was going to be pretty legit. Yeah. You know? For sure. Um, And obviously you got that guy, Daniel Day-Lewis, that's in this movie. Real famous actor. I never heard of him. Yeah, never heard of him? Mm -mm. Oh, my God. I know the name sounds familiar, but I was like, is this some dude that was famous in the 50s? But then I looked at his birthday, and I'm like, he wasn't even alive in the 50s. (laughs) I don't think. So, yeah, that's where we're at with that. (laughs) Hey, you got to start somewhere. And if you're going to start with uh, one of Daniel Day-Lewis's movies, I think There Will Be Blood is actually a pretty pretty hell of a way to start yeah absolutely maybe we'll um i don't know if he has must i'm trying to think oh yeah of course yeah he does have some mustaches in other movies so maybe we'll we'll stick to having daniel day lewis on our episodes with you yeah 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 (laughs) for sure he's a good actor i enjoyed it yeah he's okay um so (laughs) hater guess what it's time for the movie breakdown dun 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 Movie breakdown. All right, so first scene opens up with a man doing more work in 10 seconds than I've done in my entire life. Thank you for that. (laughs) I finally understand why prospectors have that bill on their hat that goes up now. You know, they always show the prospector and he's like, I found some gold. Where is it? And they always have like a little little bill that goes up. Like they have kind of like a big old hat and then the front is just, have you ever seen that? Mm-mm-mm. Well, I have, and I'm sure some of y'all have before. <laughs> Just I mean, who's even the prospector? Like, what are you talking? A prospector, you know, they always have like a bunch of pots and pans, and they're out gonna go and fish out some gold. You know, have you ever seen them? They always have like a bunch. I mean, you have never seen them in person, like but panning just, for gold. Yeah, and they always like have like that hat that kind of folds up. This is gonna be two hours into. This is gonna be two hours of the podcast just talking about prospector hats. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. No, but seriously, though, what? Yeah, so most okay, proctors so, just ha- yeah. wear hats. Mm-hmm. It's like a cowboy hat, except the front part of it like goes right up. Okay. And I think I realize why. When you're watching, we don't know who this is yet in the beginning of the movie. It's completely quiet. Not, no dialogue at all. We're just watching this man work. He's down in a mine, and he's he's looking at the rocks, and he, he looks really, really close to the rock to inspect it, and his whole little hat goes up. So I think the hat is, goes up naturally because they're just, like, super up on the rocks. Anyway, that's what made me think about that. Oh, it sh- <laughs> I get it. So it's bent up so it doesn't hit fall off when he hits the rock. Yes. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. So it says that we are in 1898. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that was a pretty rough hell time of a to, year yeah hell of a year really rough time to live but you know what this character that we're looking at is definitely trying his best he uses dynamite in the mine and nothing beats seeing that like old stick of like cartoon you know <laughs> looney tunes dynamite and he just lights the dynamite up climbs his ass right out quick because it was getting a little rough like it was looking like it was gonna blow up right in his face mm-hmm. he tries to pull up his tools and the dynamite just goes off but it's okay I think those were uh, Black and Decker, so not a big loss. <laughs> <laughs> then, then he slips and falls, and it looks like he broke his leg. Oh, shit. So he gives another rock uh, a little ki- I think he spits on it, right? Gives it a little spit he shine. Could, yeah, he spit shines the rock for sure. Um, gives it the Rona. Real. <laughs> cool. And this is, <laughs> then this is why I never work alone when I'm mining. Um, right not that i ever mind but always have a buddy with you it's super hot it's dangerous it's just you know it's a tough job so 
now he's got this bum leg. He's there's still no dialogue. Everyone, he's uh, going down this long receipt. I think this is like I guess this is a cha- um, a, a change in time because now he's in a whole other mine with a couple of uh, workers around him, and he's going down this long receipt. And we find out that his name is Daniel, and that ma- it immediately made me wonder if this dude is going to be a real dick, you know? Because Daniels are known for yeah, for sure being a uh, agreed dickish, you know. And so, <laughs> and yes, by the way, that was 1902. So it's a few yeah, years in the future. Yes, so it was a few years in the future. Um, and so he's got his crew. He's playing a game of hangman out of nowhere. Um, wait a minute, no, he wasn't playing a game of hangman. hangman. No, he was. Uh, he was drawing a, a designing some kind of rig. <laughs> I'm like, what movie were you watching? <laughs> Well, I yeah. guess I'll just make he, a. He's game. playing engineer, and he's basically yeah, he's upgrading his technique, doing his engineer stuff. And then um, this was actually a really innovative way because they're able to dig deeper into the ground, and they all start celebrating because they found oil. They get to dip in the buckets of the oil. This really shows you how messy it was initially because he's so doing messy. this. Imagine having to do the laundry for these dudes. Yeah, I know it would be. That would have been my job. I know it would be rough. And uh, <laughs> that would have been your that would have been my job, yeah. Um, Terrible, my worst nightmare. And I like it because they wear those raincoats, but they don't really do a very good job of keeping oil off of them, right? Uh, and so uh, it looks like the, this was. Um, oh, so this is a pretty rough part. So the equipment uh, falls down, uh, and this seems to be a big issue with mining. Um, our uh, for oil is uh, holding things like from falling and uh this is the first person that we see um that gets just knocked the hell out and he ends up dying and it looks like uh this is the dude who had a kid at the site unfortunately oh yeah little infant so now after all that we see daniel on a train and he's with the baby there's like a little like sweet little part there he's like playing with his mustache who cares but it turned this is finally finally we get dialogue I think it's like 15, 20 minutes into the film, mm-hmm. and um, and he's. It sounds like he's giving a presentation because at first we're just hearing his voice, but we don't know what he's doing. But it pretty much sounds like he's giving some kind of presentation, and it turns out that he's uh, at a giving a presentation to some town folk, and he's talking about his wells flowing, two thousand barrels, and it's producing at five thousand per week of an income. He's got two others drilling and sixteen producing elsewhere. So it's a whole thing. Like he's really showing everybody. Like if he had a PowerPoint, he would have definitely used one, or maybe even a Prezi. With, even with the laser pointer and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I've got five thousand barrels flowing through the American soil. I think that's pretty good, actually. Those are pretty good. A little mm, bit. A little maybe. Bit. It's gonna get better as the podcast goes on, or I might lose my voice. Um. So he talks about how he's a family man, and this is when we're introduced to H.W. Plainview, who, should I say, kind of reminds me of As- Isaac from Children of the Corn. <laughs> oh, wow. This kid looks like an evil, like, um, what are those? Uh, marionette. He has like a marionette <laughs> oh energy. Oh, gosh. Right? I mean, there's something missing. He's got like lifeless eyes. Yeah. This, it's like he's missing something. This kid needs to be in horror movies like For stat. sure. Yeah. Like, um, what was that one that they just remade? Omen. He oh, would be the yeah. good Omen. They remade like, the Omen? They've remade the Omen like I don't know how many times now. Oh, shit. Yeah, he would at that moment. Now, now he's older. Yeah, true. Yeah, now he's just a creepy Oh, yeah, teenager. that was what, 2007? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, this movie's yeah. from 2007, so it's up there. 
Um, so he's talking about all his tools and his business connections, and no matter what the other ones promise, that you know, when it comes down to the showdown, they they'll be they won't be there. So he says not to trust other other um, people that are interested in leasing the land because basically this presentation is all about leasing their land and um, being able him being able to start drilling you know and they benefit from from him leasing that land and let's just point out right here that this is when we are introduced to paul f tompkins character his name is uh let me check let me check mr prescott (laughs) did you know that his name is mr prescott because i didn't but that's his name he seems like he's a town's mediator or maybe he's just like the equivalent of a very vocal parent at a booster club meeting because <laughs> he's like right up in the front and the first thing you see is just he's giving a goddamn laser focus like staring like he's just staring at, at plain view he's just staring at him like with laser focus and um it kind of felt like he was like staring at my soul a little bit in that scene uh, this is um if you're wondering what i'm talking about this is the photo that i added to the instagram and twitter so if you're wondering about that the the part that really you know it touched me that's the part that i'm talking about so anyway <laughs> so anyway after the pitch the townspeople become unruly and daniel gets visually frustrated and he steps out and this is when pft comes back into the scene and this is where we really capture that desperate thirstiness that some people give off he's like but, but, but mr playview i wouldn't leave land. you know like he's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like he's he's bummed out that that Plainview's leaving and then that's when uh um daniel day lewis's character uh daniel oh daniel day lewis's character daniel yeah yeah you just realize that i hate myself <laughs> he's like um i wouldn't lease this land if you gave it to me as a gift you lose Good day, sir. <laughs> I said good day. Wait a minute. That's I think that was Willy Wonka. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway. Uh, so now we're at another dude's land who seems interested. And they ask Plainview where his wife is. And he mentions that she died in childbirth. So he's making up all this stuff. And then more than likely... Um, I, I was thinking that more than likely maybe that's how she died. Like how was... The actual yeah, baby's biological yeah. mother died. Yeah. And... Um, so anyway, um, after that, uh, this is when we're back at, I guess, like Daniel HQ because he's with um, one of his workers, Hamilton, and they're just kind of hanging out in an office. And all of a sudden we see this little soft-spoken creepy guy walk into the room. Um, and his name is uh, – this is the guy that's played by Paul Dano um, who is also kind of seems like a soft-spoken uh, creepy guy. But uh, – Wait, his name's also Paul. It isn't the character this name char- Paul yeah, too? Yeah, I think this character's name is um uh Paul um uh, what is their last name? <laughs> I don't remember anymore. I really should do I really should Paul do. Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. <laughs> yes, Sunday. I really should do more research. So yeah, so Paul comes into the room and he's So Paul is playing Paul and Daniel's playing Daniel. Yeah, well actually figure. Well actually what I found out was that there was another actor that was supposed to play Eli Sunday, the preacher. Yeah. Right? And in the middle of production, uh, they fired him. Uh, they, there's like rumors and stuff, nothing really official, but apparently he really wasn't seeing eye to eye chemistry wise with Daniel Day Lewis. Yikes. And obviously, 
it was important for them to have a good chemistry because they have a lot of scenes together. So he got axed, and then they decided to go, even though Paul um, Paul Dano had this really small part as the brother that just comes in for like a few you know lines. They ended up giving him the part and making making them twin brothers. So they had to adjust the script clever, a little. Clever, yeah, so clever. that's why he's playing the two brothers, which we I, haven't gotten to yet. You know, we haven't gotten to yet, but I mean, yeah, yeah, y'all seen the, the trailer and stuff. You see the little preacher guy yelling. Um, so, so this Paul guy says that uh, he, you know that he knows an area of land where he feels there would be a lot of oil, and blah blah blah. And they kind of go back and forth. And he asked for 500 in cash right now, and he'll tell them where it is. And Daniel and his friends seem very suspicious about this. It just seems really weird for a guy to come out of random and be very like... Very sketchy. Yeah, it's like, hey, I got some land. You want to come? It feels very much like it with the balloons. Like a, it's a setup. It's a setup, yeah. yeah. Like, come play. And so, uh, so apparently he says that they have this big ranch that's mostly rocks and... Uh, there's alkali nearby and all this shit, and uh, we find out that this um, uh, we f- that's when we find out that his friend's name is Fletcher Hamilton, I believe, which is I love that name. That's how that I wrote a that cool down. Name, Fletcher yeah. Hamilton's this is old school, um, and Paul actually doesn't give his name right away, and he says that it's uh, the Sunday Ranch located in Little Boston in Isabella County, which I believe is just a made up place, right? Fictional, yeah. I think that's fictional. Um, and that uh, you just got to follow the the sheep trail to success, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> you were real detailed with that one. <laughs> I don't remember that. Why do I have that? I, I, know, I know he for sure <clears throat> mentioned quail, but I don't remember anything about sheep. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> they ask him a bunch of questions and Paul decides to take off. They agree to do a deal with him. Yeah. They go straight there. Oh, and they camp out on their property. They camp out on the property, and the the father under the premise of hunting. Quail. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He doesn't want them to know that that he's actually there to look at you know where the oil might be coming from if it's if it's you know a good place to to drill. So, um, so he actually runs into the father. This is where we meet the the Mister um, Sunday. Mister Sunday. And um, he's super talkative because this is probably like the first different face he's seen in six months. <laughs> and um, and so they go and they're setting up camp. And this is when we meet Eli Sunday. This is the preacher who's the twin brother um, of uh, Paul. So he seems even more creepy and even less cool than Paul, which is already kind of not great. Um, and H.W. is a little... Uh, <laughs> and H.W. is getting trained now. Like they're at... They're like... They're training and they're hunting and he's he, like molding him to become his like su- successor. Yeah, he is, and he's yeah. he's quick on the trigger too. H W. He he's, he's pretty sh- sharp. He's a little creeper, but he's sharp. <laughs> so uh, they're having a little chit chat. Him and H W. And Daniel says something that he's not going to give the Sunday's oil prices. That he's going to give them quell prices. <laughs> Greedy <laughs> son of a bitch. Treacherous. And so um, this is when they decide to t- speak to the father about the deal, and he asks um. If it'd be a fair price, um, I think he just asked what would be a fair price for this lot. And the son, uh, the preacher's son, says $6 an acre. And he wants to pay him, I think, 3700 for the land. Um, mm-hmm. So Eli asked what was uh, what's brought him here. I think Eli's suspicious. He's like, how the hell does this guy know to just come randomly to this place mm-hmm. and start asking about buying land? So I think he was suspicious about the oil thing. Because Eli knows that they have oil, and he feels like Daniel's probably ripping him off. So they decide to drill, 
um, he said something if they decide to, to drill for oil um, that he wants more money. So Daniel's getting super agitated about him challenging him, and he said that he would give the church, Eli's church, a bonus of 5000 if the drilling's successful. So if they're able to pop in and get some oil, he'll give them some extra money. They shake on it, and this is actually a really weird scene because they shake on it, and Eli grabs his hand like they're about to like pray on the moment. Mm-hmm. And then you just see Daniel kind of like tug his hand out of his head, and he's like, I ain't about that shit. <laughs> Y'all, I'm here to make money. <laughs> Um, so he's, uh, you know, everything's going as planned so far. So then, uh, Daniel goes to talk to this dude and he's looking for some specific land because he, um, he just bought the Sunday ranch. Oh, this is when he's talking to that, the land guy, right? Like the, um, uh, the guy that's showing him all the different land that's up for lease or that he could buy. Oh yeah. I think that's probably like the county, um, what do you call him? County assessor. Yeah. They like distribute the lots between... Because it looks like his goal is to basically take on as much land as possible so that way he has plenty of room to work. Oh, yeah, and he's going to acquire all of it. And so uh, he starts talking to him, and he's looking to acquire all that. He's at the train station, and he runs into some rivals. and um, Well, not rivals, but some people that he knows from the business. And he's uh, told them that if they're going to make a play to go east, not sure if that's being honest or not, but that's what he tells them. And... Uh, he he says that he'd rather uh, he'd rather them get get there than someone else. So now they're sur- surveying the land now that they've purchased it, and it's funny because the most basic things are happening, but it's like three exorcists are crab walking and doing a scary dance because the music is so freaking intense. Like the music is so intense throughout this whole movie, it's it's crazy. Yeah, they're just setting the tone for you to be creeped the hell out for no reason. Yeah, and I I actually really like it. Yeah, like I think it's a cool vibe, but it is unsettling very i kept thinking like oh someone's gonna die or like something it's gonna be a massacre or yeah something. and and it adds it's a, the music itself is like a living breathing character in the sh- in the in the movie to, to tell you the truth it's it's freaking remarkable so hw tells his pops later on that the he finds out so the family the sunday family they have they have eli and i think they have a daughter yeah like a little girl she's like maybe 11 I think her name was mary mary yeah i think you're right and then they have the wife and then paul's just like gone and apparently mary told um uh told hw, HW. that the father beats her if she doesn't pray so that i, I knew that was going to come into play eventually because i was like why would he ask her that you know why would he even why would they even have that come up yeah so then um so then from there we changed to another scene where there's a few we see a few vacant lots and and um oh this is that guy um this is when we find out that there's this one lot that just has not been that's that's available but the guy who owns it wants to speak to daniel bandy right yeah the bandy, bandy william bandy mm-hmm. and he wants to speak to whoever's trying to buy it but daniel's so busy and doing other nah, stuff he's that- not busy he's just stubborn and he just set in his <laughs> ways and he just wanted to have the last laugh and the last word I'm going to get me a sip of this whiskey because I don't talk about movies like this without a little bit of whiskey on the side. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Got to do right by the movie. Don't they, like, drink mostly whiskey throughout the movie, too? Yeah, like whiskey and maybe, like, rum, maybe? Rum? No, moonshine? Yeah, that's a hooch. That sounds about right, but definitely not rum. Oh, that's good. Oh. (laughs) Um... 
so then he uh so this is when Plainview starts having his presentation with the town um and he's like i dare say some of you have heard some of the most extravagant rumors about what my plans are <laughs> yeah that that's is, how he sounded it's the worst <laughs> <clears throat> i'm losing my voice over here doing a plain view voice so he lets him know that he's an oil man he does that whole spiel that he did before talking about how he works side, side by side with his son blah 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 and then um, he even claims that he's going to build a school in Little Boston to help the kids learn stuff. And then he lets them. Um, oh, yeah. He promises him irrigation, upgrades to the town. Yeah, all this stuff. And then I think Eli stands up and he, and with his little mousy bitch ass voice. He's like, he's got a mousy face. He's just got like, yeah. It's like a little rat face. He's, yeah. <laughs> okay. I would call him a rat face. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. He's mousy just got face. like, uh, yeah, like little yeah. in the mouth, kind of big up top, like big. You got to visualize. He's got a, like a little baby face. Like you kind of just want to smack him in the cheek, you know? Smack him in the, you, so you smack babies in the cheek? Why would you say that? Well, you know, if they deserve it. Oh, okay. next. <laughs> okay. We're moving on. We'll, we'll edit that out. Yeah, please. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so Eli stands up and he's like, he's like, well, there'll be a road that goes straight to the church. Of you course know? he would ask that. Oh, God. Yes, you'll get your stupid road to your church. Oh. Nobody else has a road in this town, but he wants a road for his church. You know what, Eli? If you want them at your church so much, why don't you get a carriage and a horse and just ride everybody there for free? <laughs> God, you greedy son of a bee. So anyway, so now we start off where um, Daniel and the crew are getting all set up and getting they're building the whole rig that they're going to be using to get the oil. And Eli's out there spreading the word to the workers. And it looks like Daniel doesn't like it too much. Uh, he just has this face about him. You know, you can just tell. And you um, and you just see Eli with his uh, useless chin and bow-legged walk just bothering everybody. And, <laughs> he has a useless chin? And a bow-legged walk. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, that's funny. And so um, Eli's asking about the work and how the work is going because he walks into Daniel's office and obviously Daniel didn't really want him in there. But um, Eli's just up in everybody. He business. is like he's super up in there. He's trying so to get intrusive. Like back down, bro. Yeah, he's trying to get his pub. And he's and uh, Daniel says the spirits seem high and everything. And Eli asks if there's anything that Daniel needs from him. And uh, and that and then Eli says that he would like to bless the well. So it's really awkward because then he asked Daniel if he could introduce him as he walks up to the well. Like he has like the whole like ceremony. He's so important, right? Yeah. Like Eli had like an agenda. Like he was gonna write on an agenda for this blessing of the well. And I think Daniel was like, um, okay, yeah, sure, we'll do that. So he lets Eli know that they're good that like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And so then uh, Daniel brings up, I guess, um, the only two kids in the whole town, which is H.W. and that kid, Mary. <laughs> and um, and the kid, Mary, kind of looks like the blonde girl from Jurassic Park a little she bit. She really does. A little bit. And so he's talking uh, about the well to the crowd and just giving all this mumble-jumbo stuff like like he's a dang sales, snake's sake oil Oh, my snake God. Snake oil salesman. Snake oil salesman. <laughs> and uh, and it's really and it's funny because he's looking straight at everybody, but Eli is like front and center. With everybody just like, you're going to bring me up. Like, right, you're getting he's ready to bring me up. He's got that prompting face like, <laughs> yeah, like he's call ready. Call me, call me. And so uh, <laughs> Daniel doesn't even bother to let Eli bless the well like a real dick. Like he just, <laughs> he completely ignores that it. That was so bold. Like, can you imagine if somebody did that in real life? It is bold. That is so bold. It's like Daniel knew this guy doesn't have the spine 
to try to come up and do this without me bringing them up. Yeah. And so they I all... I gotta say, I, I enjoyed that. I mean, I, oh, did, yeah. I liked it a lot. I thought it was super fun. And it was actually really hilarious because then everybody disperses because, hey, the rig's getting going and you start hearing the whoosh and the music is swelling in the movie and you just see Eli standing there like, what the heck? Just <laughs> He's just standing there like bamboozled. <laughs> um <clears throat> Yeah, he was bewildered. Like, you could see it in his face. Like, he's like, what? what? Yep. And so now there's, like, a little reception after all of this. And it's funny because Daniel grabs Mary. Mary's, like, running around with the kids. And he grabs her like he's about to rock bottom her. Like, mm-hmm. he just puts his entire arm and kind of grabs her. And, and, and he talks to her. And he's saying, like, um, he asked her if her daddy hits her anymore. And she's like, no. And uh, so I was thinking, well, maybe he talked to the dad. Like, I don't know. But then... Uh, he lets her go and you see that the dad is literally sitting right that there. was oh i was like i cringed for the father like can you imagine somebody's picking up your kid putting them on their lap right a male an adult male is picking up your daughter putting her on your lap and then shit talking you in front of you to your child what? yeah yeah that was very um oh so oof. cringy that was a move you know, that was a power move if there ever huge was Huge power move. Like, you just saw Yikes. the dad, like, shrink. So, um, then all of a sudden this um, random dude comes in. and Because uh, where do we go after this? I think, um, oh, um, Daniel gets super wasted. And so he's, like, laying oh, on yeah. the floor all drunk. And some random dude comes in and lets Daniel know that Joe Gunda died down the well. Oh, um, when they draw when they dropped the bit. Yeah, so oh, they, that was gruesome. They ended up dropping a bit right on him, and that guy's face exploded. And so that was not okay. They're fishing him out of the oil, Mm-mm. and uh, the bit from the and it's funny because I think Daniel asked like, "Well, is the bit okay? Like, is the bit to the dr- priorities right? Like, <laughs> damn, dude." Can you ask about your worker? Like, what a leader. Oh, uh, I know. Hey, this would have been a really good time where um, when Daniel's like goes to check on the site, he just goes, well, gentlemen, there will be blood from time to time. Oh, my God. Anyway, so. <laughs> no, but for real, this is why there's OSHA. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, ridiculous things like that happening. It, it's messed up, man. So, so anyway, they, they uh, Daniel says to clean him up, put some clothes on him, set up a tent, and... Um, he says something that uh, if anyone tries to go down to the cellar to, to just tell somebody and Daniel's putting Joe's stuff away, which includes one of those lame crosses that they were handing out earlier. And it's it's it kind of made me realize like because the crosses were like, I don't know, like made of cloth or something. It really made me appreciate the beaded crosses that you get sometimes downtown. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Like the Catholic ones, the rosary yeah. beads? Yeah, Is that what you're beads. talking about? Um, oh well, gosh. no, sometimes they make those ones out of like little, those little cylindrical beads and like they wrap them up like with a little uh, thread, you know? Have you ever seen those? Mm-hmm. Uh, old school, anyway. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all might remember. So uh, now Daniel walks into a theater where there's uh, some sort of theater improv going on. Oh, no, wait a minute. This theater is uh, No, this is the church. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. It felt like theater improv. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They're all overacting. Yeah, and, uh, and so there's a lady who has arthritis, and uh, and this is Eli doing his show. You know, he goes up to this this elderly woman, and he says that the devil's in her hands, and he starts saying, "Get out of here, ghost!" And he has his her hands incredibly close to his face, like once again, he's absorbing the arthritis. And once again, we can't do this now. Like the Rona is strong, we can't. 
<laughs> we can't do this. And so he has her hands super close to his face. And he, and he starts looking more and more fierce. And he just starts speaking and in, 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 in like really quiet. But he's slowly starting to raise his volume. And, and he says something like, as long as I have teeth, I will bite you. And if I have no teeth, I will gum you. Ooh. And as long as I have fists, I will bash you. And then he goes full Trojan of the Corn in this part. And uh, Daniel just looks unimpressed and annoyed, by the Is way. Is it full Children of the Corn? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, Daniel just looks super unimpressed by the theatrics. and um, He's so unimpressed. Like, his whole face just says it all. And so now, the, the, the elderly woman, she can throw the blood sign now and not even hurt her hands. <laughs> Arthritis cured. So now... <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> so, um... Daniel lets Eli know about the death, and and Eli has some words for him. Eli says that he expected this to happen because he'd been seeing them drinking at the well, and they're not getting enough rest. And and Daniel gets mad because he's like, well, they're coming to your church as well, and they do need rest, and your your church time is taking up their time. So they're both like, you did this. No, you did this. No, you did this. No, you did this. Like, okay, let's quit pointing the finger and move on. It's, it's, It's just... Oh, it's it's kind of childish. They both but... anger you in that scene, like yeah. y'all need to knock it off. So uh, anyway, uh, Eli is um, uh, Eli kind they kind of wraps it up, and then uh, Daniel just uh, says, uh, "Well, it was a goddamn hell of a show." <laughs> I like how he just says the Lord's name in faith, right inside the like right in the entryway to the church. Yep, and now it looks like they're they're doing some renovations going at the church, and uh, this is when you ra- realize that this whole movie is basically a pissing contest. For sure. So um, now that the now the guys are working on the drill, um, but holy crap, they hit a gas. Uh, some they hit some kind of gas line or something in a or they not a gas line, but probably gas. It's like, like a gas pocket or something. Yeah, that's sitting in the earth, and this huge explosion goes off. H.W. happened to be. For some reason, he's like in part of the scaffolding. He's right? like in the scaffolding, looking straight down into the drill. And I'm sure that's really cool looking, but you gotta know, like, dang, give that. That's like a, one of those you look down for like a couple minutes and get out of there. Cause you right, like know. you're not gonna see anything different. I mean, until you do and get blown the hell up. But that's basically what happens. So it explodes, and HW flies about 50, 15 feet into the damn air. And it looks like... Um, knocks the air right out of him. Yeah, knocks the air out of him, but he looks like he's alive. And um, and they certainly struck oil because that, that stuff is just flying up in the air. And then they go and they save H.W. And uh, they bring him in, and H.W. is like saying he can't hear his own voice, and he seems to be really freaking out. Uh, understandably, yeah. I would be too. Well, the worst part of all of this is that his dad was drunk as hell, knocked out somewhere, and they had to go get him... That's right. To come get the boy, and he had to climb through the whole, what is it, waterfall of oil yep. to get his son, and then, like, dangle his son off the side of this, what is it, like a mini structure. Yeah. I mean, nothing it's will just, sober you up quicker, though. But Right. Like, this whole situation is, like, your heart's pumping, like, oh, my God. And what's crazy, to just to really show what kind of a, a, a monster Daniel is, this is actually, he actually takes this moment to celebrate. Because with all, because now the the oil is just one huge fire torch in the freaking air, like it looks insane, and it's just like hellfire, and uh, he's just looking at it like as if it was a chocolate spout for me. Like if that was all chocolate, that's the same face I'd be making. He just looks amazed, and and it's like 
it's glorious type of face. Didn't he like straight up ask the person that was standing next to him, like, why do you look so sad? We struck oil. Basically. Yeah, that like, was his, his worker, like, um, Hamilton good guy. grief. Yeah, so he's he's like treating it like in a whole different way. And I think he, his friend brings up like, you think the kid's okay? And he's just like, nah, I don't think he's okay. But, um, you know, hey. At least we struck oil. Like priorities, dude. <laughs> yep. So then uh, Daniel was asking if they know anyone in San Francisco or in L.A. to teach H.W. Because now it looks like H.W. can't um, hear anything. And which means he's not really speaking at all. And uh, so they just go back and forth about that. And... Eli is walking through um, a, pretty much a pond of oil now. Back when the movie first started, the oil collection they had was super little, but now it's like a giant pond. So mm-hmm. he's doing good. And Eli's walking toward uh, Daniel, and he asks when when he's going to get that money from Daniel. And this was probably the worst time to bother him because <laughs> his son is all messed up now. And he's frustrated. He doesn't know how to help him. And so he just starts slapping the hell out of Eli in the open face. Open hand slap. Just like open like, hand. Let's be real. He got bitch slapped. Yeah. Multiple times. Like he old, like it's more like Eli owed him money. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he just starts beating the crap on Eli. Throws him in the pond of oil. Gets him all freaking oiled up and messed up. And, uh, and so then after that. We end up after that whole situation. We end up at Eli's house, and they're eating dinner. And Eli just is quiet and looks like he's about to lose his crap, and which he does. He's yelling at his pops, and he just ends up standing up and walks right across the table, tackles his his father down, and just starts yelling at him, telling him that he's a stupid father to a stupid son because now he's realized that more than likely Paul was involved in this whole thing of bringing Daniel into town. So now we're back at the train station. People are arriving. Some dude, Henry, is here. And um, he says that he's Henry Plainview from Fond du Lac or something like that. Mm -hmm. And apparently he says it's his brother from another mother. Ernest is is their pops. And Daniel asks, like, who are you again? And... And so it doesn't seem like he's, he's kind of questioning it. And this guy says his name's Henry. And he starts giving him all this a little bit of background information. And he says that he was in uh, Mexico and that he had come to find Daniel because he saw him like in a paper or something like that. And Daniel asked for identification for, for some kind of letter. Um, I guess it was a letter from, from Annabelle, who I guess is their sister or something. And I could be wrong. But anyway, they go back and forth. It's like a very much like prove to me you're my half-brother situation and he doesn't I mean, when you're rich you have to worry about yeah that that's kind true because he could have been coming in for the money which i think is what daniel was probably thinking anyway yeah yeah i mean he's right to be skeptical if some random person comes up to me talking about hey i'm your half-brother I'd be like what <laughs> this is really random and why did you travel across what two to three states over or was it further? I don't know. Why'd you travel across the country to come find me? Yeah, like, it's we've very never suspicious. E- we've never even interacted. Like, why would you put that much effort into this? I can tell you this. There ain't nobody coming up to me trying to be my my sibling. <laughs> Your long-lost sibling. The siblings I have are like, damn. Like, <laughs> Do we have to claim them? This guy's a lot. He's extra. <laughs> so... So they just, so Daniel decides to trust him, and, and uh, they, they move on from there. And... So from there, we end up with um, Daniel and Henry, and they're hanging out. 
in Daniel's place and they have a little conversation here. His brother says that he's tried some drilling on his own and it just didn't work out and that he was in a chain gang for six months building railroads. Basically, he was like a small time criminal because the drilling didn't work out. And um, and then all of a sudden we get the scene where Daniel's just like boozing his kid out hard. Like he puts milk in, he puts some kind of something in oh, some milk. Oh yeah, I remember that. It's a really rough scene to He's just trying to, to sedate his son for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, and it's really hard to look at because he forces his son to drink this milk that is obviously mixed with something else and he guzzles a, like a whole bunch down. Yeah. I don't know why. It that just, was rough. It was rough to look at. I was damn, man. Daniel's... Like, okay, on toddlers, on their gums for their, when they're teething, sure. Yeah. But this kid had almost, what, like a... Man, I would have had cholero for days. <laughs> I would have been... Milk and alcohol? Oof. It's your alcohol smoothie? <laughs> Gross. Poop city, baby. Ugh. So, um... <laughs> Not okay. Oh, I, I forgot that I wrote, so uh, milk and gin do a body good? Gross. So I, <laughs> milk and gin? You think that was gin? I, I was just guessing. I don't know. But once again, he does the rock bottom to his son. <laughs> he does the rock bottom and puts his son to sleep. And, um... So then Daniel asks what Henry wants. Uh, th- I think this is when they're sitting, like, in the stoop outside. And... And, uh, and so stoop. I thought they were out in the woods, like camping. No, this is the part where they're they're sitting oh, in the they're stoop in and they're drinking. Hut. Okay. Yeah, and and Daniel asks like what Henry wants, cabin. and Henry says nothing. He tells Daniel he can work for for um, a little something, basically. And Henry says he'd like to be here to work. Um, he's a good worker. He's worked cable rigs and all this stuff. And so basically, Daniel says that's fine. And they're getting super wasted that night, by the way. And uh, and I, is this when uh, I'm not sure if this is when Daniel says that whole thing is he goes through that whole situation about how he hates people and stuff. I'm not sure. No, I think that's further on. OK. Yeah, you're I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, he goes into like this whole like, whoa, he's a psycho. Mm. So uh, Daniel says, he. oh, so this is when Daniel goes into his background. He says he worked for a geological survey and he couldn't stay there. He asked Henry if he... Oh, yeah, this is around the time because he asked Henry if he's an angry man. And and Daniel asks um, as if he, like... I don't know what. I don't know what it was, but he just kind of asked him, are you an angry man? And Henry's like, no. And... Um, lies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Blatant lies. All of Henry's failures have left him basically not caring anymore. Um, and Daniel says something, well, if it's in me, it's in you. And Daniel says he looks at people and sees nothing worth liking. And Henry asks what he will do about his boy. And Daniel doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know if the sound will come back or not. And he's just getting super wasted at this point. And uh, this is when he's like, I see the worst in people, Henry. (laughs) And he does this like whole thing. And he's like, I don't need to look passing them to get all I need. I built up my hatreds over the years, little by little. I can't keep doing. Um, what does he say? He's like, I can't, I can't, I can't keep doing um, this on my own with these people. That's what he says. I can't keep doing this on my own with these people. You he know, pa- he pauses like, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, because he does. He sees humans as like lesser beings, basically. Yeah, annoying lesser beings. So now we get with uh, HW's getting, you know, I guess there were no 
there were no um, fireworks around, so H.W. starts creating his own little firework. <laughs> he lights up the whole damn room practically, and uh, Daniel snatches H.W. up after that because like they wake up and there's a like, dang fire in the cottage, and damn near kill, kills both Henry and and Daniel in the in the room, and so Daniel eyeballs H.W. and H.W. has that like oh shit. Uh, thought they were gonna well, die. Well, he started to run. So. Yeah, it's really obvious. So he chases after him and snatches him up real quick. And he's obviously super pissed off. Uh, and now, now they're on a train. And it, it I kind of figured this out pretty quickly. It looks like he's gonna be like, I need to get this kid somewhere. Like this kid is the Omen kid now. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. And all of a sudden, um. I think Daniel's like they're on the train. Uh, Daniel's on the train with HW, and then he says like I gotta go do something, and then all of a sudden Hamilton comes in that the his friend worker person, and Hamilton's there. His friend worker person. His friend worker person, <laughs> and all of a sudden Hamilton just holds on to HW because HW realizes the train's moving and his dad's not there, and he's super pissed off at his dad, and and Daniel just basically alt control deleted his own kid. Congratulations on that. So now, uh, Dan- <laughs> so now Daniel wants to buy the land that that um, Bandy that Bandy owns. That's right. He has um, he has three proven uh, wells in Little Boston already, and it's made him a millionaire. And he asks what else he can do with it. That that you know. Oh, I think he's. This is the scene he's talking to the guys from that. Um, Atlantic Standard or Oil Standard Oil. One of the competitors. Standard. Standard Oil, because then he goes with Standard Pacific. He goes with another one. It's one of those, but one of them. It's like Big Oil, basically. This this corporation that they talk to is like Big Oil. Yeah. And um and they go back and forth about it. They're just all pretentious talking down to. Them. Yeah, and the owner of the Big Oil company is like, bro, you've already made so much money. Like, what are you gonna do with it? You're only gonna get more money that you don't even need, and. You know, he's like, why don't you just sell the, all of these wells to us and we'll be the ones to get it to the next level, basically. Yeah, but he calls him out because he knows that they own the, the train. Yeah, and he's like, the he's like, you're just going to build a pipeline and sell it to Union Oil. And um, yeah, they are called Standard. <clears throat> so and, and so basically they're kind of talking corporate talk and uh, Daniel's not having it. And the guy says something like, hey, man, like you should not be having to work anymore. You can just take care of your son. And Daniel all of a sudden takes that as some real serious shit talking for some reason because he's like, did you just tell me how to run my family? And he has this like crazy face, like crazy. Daniel Day-Lewis has maybe the best crazy eyes I've ever seen Without in my life. Without a doubt. It's not like on another level. He tells him that one night he's going to go into his house and cut his throat. That is how mad Daniel is at this guy. He And uh, the guy from the big com- company is like, if I offended you, I apologize. And that he just wants him to be reasonable, but Daniel's not having it. So now it turns out that that one patch of land that he totally forgot about, Bandy, uh, never actually sold the land to him because he wanted to meet him. Uh, they would need 50 miles of pipeline to go around that land. So Daniel says he'll go to talk to the guy. Daniel asks um, the guy's kid, and apparently he's um, uh, apparently like the guy's not there or something like that. Is that is that what happens after that? Yeah, it looks like the. It sounds like the dad had already briefed the son on on what not to do. Yeah, because the son was real standoffish with um, Daniel. 
when he came to when he knocked on the door. That's right. But when he realized that he didn't want to dig for oil, he just wanted to build the pipeline across the land. And his tone changed a little bit, and he was like, "Okay, okay, all right. Yep. I'll tell my dad." So now they start surveying the land around there anyway, and um, and then he uh, ends up meeting with the guys um, from Union Oil. And uh, he's like, here's the Union Oil. You know, like they're celebrating because now he's <laughs> going to do it himself. 100 miles of pipeline of oil. So then uh, there's that house in Fond du Lac that John Hollister built. Apparently, he brings that up. And uh, Daniel's talking to Henry now. And, and they're kind of celebrating, you know, this is a big moment. And he tells Henry, like as a boy, that he thought it was the most beautiful house he'd ever seen. But and even as a boy, he wanted to have children to run around in it. Like he imagined this life in that house. And Henry tells him, you could have anything you would like now. He asks, he tells him if he would want to build a, a house by the ocean. And Daniel says he thinks if he saw, if he saw that old house now, that, uh, what does he say? Oh, he says if he saw that old house now that it would make him sick. So I guess that past Daniel that was a kid dreaming about being in a house with a family, that Daniel's dead. You know, he's officially just, you know, I don't know, just a piece of shit. <laughs> we probably could have jumped to that conclusion the moment he abandoned his kid on a train. That's true, but hey, you know, kids, if you had a kid like the Omen, you'd probably find a way to all control delete him as well. Mm, maybe. <laughs> so... So then that's when he says, um, Daniel kind of makes a joke. He's like, uh, he says, we could uh, we could always get the girls liquored up and take them to the peach tree dance. And Henry doesn't really react to this. And this was obviously like an inside joke if you lived in the town that they grew up in. And Daniel looks kind of crazy concerned. Like, why didn't he react to that? He should have laughed or something. So then Daniel just scurries off back into the, uh, into the ocean. And he's just looking at Henry, like leaned over. And he's, I think there's just something in him. That's giving him a suspicion. Now we get to a um, to a bar, and Henry's asking him for money all of a sudden now, and he's all drunk, and he's not even acting the way he was acting before. And we're looking at at Daniel uh, all of a sudden after the bar. They're hanging out outside. They're just so drunk. Um, well, especially Henry's so drunk, he's just on the ground, and da- and Daniel's looking down on him with a gun to his face, and he um, he says, "I want you to tell me something." what's the name of the farm next to the hill house and henry isn't saying anything and daniel asks again henry says he can't remember and and um he tells he tells him that i'll leave he's like i'll leave daniel and uh daniel says who are you and henry says i'm no one just let me get up and go and henry had um apparently henry had met a man in king city who said he was his brother and they were friends working there and he wanted to make his way uh he the brother wanted to make his way to daniel but he didn't have any money and he he ended up dying of tuberculosis he wasn't harmed or killed or anything henry says he just died of tuberculosis suspect and henry apparently learned all about this through uh the guy's diary so once he died he grabbed his diary and, and he had already learned a little bit about his brother who was rich and kicking ass and so he wanted to ride ride that wave by pretending he was daniel's brother and he tells Daniel, I'm your friend. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to survive. Daniel has the craziest crazy eyes. Um, it's not the craziest yet, but the craziest we've seen so far. And all of a sudden, he just shoots Henry straight in the damn head. It's a very like quick shot, too. It's not like super gory or anything like that. But it's 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 understandable. Yeah, I mean, it's the guy was, a, he was 
identity thief, con man, user. Because now he's just begging for money now that he's got his in. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say that it was justified, but it was justified. Oh, no, it was justified. Especially back then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> every, every man for himself. <laughs> so, um... Wild Wild West. So now the music is sounding super creepy. And he's uh he's digging a grave for his old friend slash fake brother Henry. <laughs> fake brother Henry. <laughs> so uh rule number one, don't lie to Daniel. He's looking he's looking at his brother's journal now and he's realizing like, yeah, this was my brother's journal and he this is probably the only time we see Daniel get emotional. Yeah. Is when he's seen his brother's journal and he starts crying, uh, realizing that his brother actually is gone. And that he missed an opportunity. Yeah, it's a, basically a brother he's him. never really yeah. met much. And I think the sister died too, no? I think so. So I think he was sad about that too. Yeah. So then uh, Daniel's like hung over as hell. Dude got super drunk after he buried that body. And uh, he just ended up actually knocking out right by the grave. And uh, it's funny because this guy wakes him up. And he's just like, who is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a hilarious way to react to someone waking you up when you're drunk in the forest. And he sees this old man just staring at him. It turns out it's good old William Bandy. William Bandy <laughs> has, has come back in, this man whose name we've heard a bunch, but we've never seen him. He says that he had asked for him to talk to him before when he was leasing the land, and Bandy knows that he would like to build that pipeline. And apparently God has uh, told Bandy what he must do. He says you should be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, I had forgot about this thing. Yeah, and Bandy says it's his only way to salvation. He has to take he and he has to go do it at the church of a uh, third revelation. Well, guess what? That's where good old Eli Sunday is, and we haven't seen him since he blew up on his dad and called him a loser. <laughs> that was like that was a very um Jerry Springer moment in the house when oh, he went on his dad. Dr. Phil. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so then, uh, so Bandy wants him to get baptized and forgiven for the sin that he's done. And Daniel's kind of like, well, what sin? The sin of drilling? Like, <laughs> I get it. It's not great. but And he's like, no. Um, Bandy brings out his gun, uh, that uh, the gun that he used to kill Henry. And he's like, it's pretty obvious that he knows that Daniel did something and buried somebody. <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess Daniel was like, well, I guess I better uh, like, get baptized. I'm calling you out without calling you yep. out. And so this is, uh, I guess what you would say, Eli's mini redemption, because he, he had just been treated like a damn pig in a pigsty. And, you know, this was, I think Eli kind of saw this as an opportunity. So now we're at Eli's church where he's passing down his, uh, evangelical mumbo jumbo. And, uh, Eli says, there's a sinner looking for salvation. A new member. But why do all the characters sound the same? Because that's the only, I, I'm just, that's me. I can't help it. <laughs> and so Eli says, uh, thank you for coming, Brother Daniel. Which I really want people to start calling Brother me. Daniel. Yeah, Brother Daniel. <laughs> What's up, Brother Daniel? I'm like, hey, man. What's up? Anyway, so uh, Eli says, uh, we have a sinner here looking for salvation. And he gets Daniel on his knees. And he says, look up, look up at the sky and say it. You've come here and you've brought good and wealth. You've abandoned your child that you raised because he got sick. Yikes. Daniel keeps saying that he is a sinner and I want the blood. <laughs> and they repeat all kinds of these lines, all different lines. Daniel is not digging. 
the part where he has to keep saying, I've abandoned my child, Mm-mm. you know? You already heard what he threatened somebody else with when they spoke of his yeah. child. Yeah, so it was obvious. And I think this scene kind of shows you how much Daniel loves money and power because all of a sudden he put aside any emotion when it came to about his son and he was more than willing to say abandon his child. At first he's a little hesitant, but then he gets him to really start yelling it because Eli just starts bitch slapping him back. Eli finally got him back. He's like payback, bitch. Payback's a bitch. Pow. <laughs> and so He's returning all those open hand slaps. Yeah, he just slaps the hell out of Daniel. They baptize him, and the first thing he says is, "There's a pipeline." <laughs> <laughs> it's just gold. Yeah, it, the timing was perfect. So, and and I think he really did get slapped because in the in the next scene, oh, um, the face is so yeah, red. Yeah, his face is just beat red. I wonder how many takes it took to. I know, right? To get it, because he must have been slapped so many times. And then what does uh, Eli say? Like, you can kind of hear him in the background. He reminds his... Um, the $5,000 for the yeah, church? Yeah, he's like, and he's owes, he owes us $5,000 for the church, which he promised to invest, and he hasn't done that yet. <laughs> I just got... You got to love Eli. He's so relentless. Yes, he is. So now HW is back, and he's better than ever! Woo! He knows sign language! <laughs> And uh, moment is back. It's the best because you think this is gonna be some warm moment, as you know, uh, Daniel limping along with the his father son and son uh, reunion, reunited. and then all of a sudden, just Daniel just starts wailing. On, I mean, HW starts wailing on Daniel. Yeah, like he, right in the like stomach crotch region. Well, I mean, he's only so tall. Yeah, that's true. He didn't want to reach too high, and um, you gotta land all the punches. Yeah. So <laughs> obviously, he held on to that. Yeah. Whatever was, pain he felt. He was angry. He held on to that shit. And uh and so uh Daniel's like, I get it, you're mad. So that <laughs> So Daniel continues. Also what's annoying is he continues to speak to him as if he understands what he's saying. But maybe HW at this point is learning how to read lips. Yeah. Possibly. But it was so like ridiculous because you're gonna send your kid to sign language school, but you didn't learn sign language. So now you know what I mean? Like, okay. So only half of you can communicate still. Yeah, and Daniel actually, I guess, pays for an interpreter to be walking around all the time. Um, This is when we're introduced to this interpreter, I guess, from the school. And he's going to be there because Daniel's just too lazy to freaking learn sign language. So anyway, he takes uh, HW to this super fancy looking restaurant. He seems very, uh, Daniel seems very weird and awkward and just, I don't know, he seems odd. Um, and it looks like Daniel set this up to show that he has not abandoned his boy and that the kid is doing completely fine. It's, he's using his kid as a prop. He's totally using his kid. Um, he, he makes an ass of himself because basically those guys from standard come through and he knew those guys were probably going to eat there because it's probably like one of two restaurants (laughs) and, and, and so he's in there and Daniel goes to grab his drink, and he totally makes up an ass of himself because he throws a towel on his face, so I guess HW can't tell what he's saying. And he's just like, now it's in a big win on the pipeline. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> What a hot mess. He's basically trying to showboat, but he doesn't want HW to know that he's showboating. He removes the towel from his face, and he goes up to the table after this because the guys from Standard don't seem like they're really paying attention to him. And he's like, oh, you don't want to listen to me? Well, I'm going to bring the show to you. Yep. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I made a major deal with Union. And his son's happy and safe. And uh, I think he tells, uh, Daniel tells the guy, you look like a fool. Or something like, you look like a fool now for telling me about me needing to take care of my family. And this, it's just so embarrassing. Yeah, it's so cringy. This is when you see how childish he is. Yeah. Like, my God. 
Like, he's just such a proud person that he does the most ridiculous things just because he's so proud. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's very Scrooge McDucky a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but like in real flesh, which is what he would be like, a monster. So now we get to say goodbye to Eli. He's going on a mission. And Daniel's looking on as the train takes off. He's probably pretty excited. And uh, the spun- the son is speaking sign language with his interpreter. So we see that the son is obviously finally starting to be able to communicate and hopefully have a normal life now. And uh, Daniel's like snapping his finger by his ear, but he still can't hear anything. And uh, H and it H W and Mary actually start hanging out, and Mary shows an effort to start wanting to learn sign language. It's kind of a cute little scene. It's probably like one of the few genuinely warm parts of the movie is you get to see like their love build from being kids and being really close friends to eventually falling in love and it's done really quick and precise and clean they don't waste a lot of time on this it's like little kids learning sign language getting married (laughs) yeah it's like clip 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 married super fast and so (laughs) she they get married and she's like signing and everything throughout the whole uh, ceremony and then may- we get maybe the dopest shot of a bowling alley we've ever freaking seen after this part. What? Holy yes. moly. It is a, a goal of mine to be able to have something. I, I never Can will. Can you imagine having something like that in the house? Oh, my God. And then just, just getting drunk and eating steak on it? Because that's what, that's what Daniel does. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we see uh, Daniel at first. He's just uh, shooting at things in his house because whatever. I mean... You know, those are probably gifts he got for Christmas last year, and he's just using them for shooting practice. Then he's signing checks and he's drinking tea. He's living the life, you know. He's been rich for probably decades now. He doesn't give a crap. He has this giant ass house. No one's in there, so I don't know why he has such a giant house. And HW asks him if um, HW comes in. Now he's a grown ass man, and he asks him if they can be alone. And Daniel doesn't give a shit. He asks HW to tell him where he's been, and HW says that basically this whole scene is HW wants to go and he wants to move on from from Daniel and start his own company in Mexico. And Daniel does not take this lightly. He gets extremely pissed off at him, and he he sees that his son is basically turning his back on him. And he uh, sees him as a competition now. Yeah, yeah, like that's a what he kind of tells him. Like now you're a competitor, so you know I'm going to treat you like trash. It's so wild though, like dude, you trained him. Yeah. And he even makes he even makes HW speak like he's so annoyed about the signing he makes HW speak because he knows HW can. It's like to humiliate him. It's yeah, a power move. Total power move. I think HW ends up saying something like "I'm I want to be away from you" or "I'm going away from you," and um, asshole Daniel's like, "Well, that wasn't that hard, was it?" And uh, it's it's horrible. It's such a rough scene. And then all of a sudden, this is when um, Daniel lets him know that um, he was an orphan from a blanket from the middle of the desert and that he just needed a sweet face to help him buy land and that is so rough prick man who does that it is so rough at least he did it to him as an adult and not a kid because i feel like it would have damaged him more if he had done it to him as a child yeah and i think that's why uh hw seems to take it in stride because he even tells him like that um he never had the nerve to tell him that he's lower than a bastard or something like that um and then all of a sudden, H.W. gets the last word by saying, I thank God I have none of you in me. I thought that was a sick burn. That was dope. That's some yeah, good writing right there. That was good. I, and then Daniel starts reflecting on when their kid was little and they were happy and everything. And it's kind of sad because yeah. it's like never going to be like that again. Now, guess who's back? It's the great Eli. He's oh. the- 
here we go again. <laughs> he, he, sne- he sneaky sneaks into this bowling alley. And Eli's been working on, on the radio, spreading the word of the great Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, and he's wearing a super fancy suit. He's so wearing you a know super he's fancy making that suit. Money. He's making that money, apparently. And uh, it's funny because he brings a drink to Daniel, and it's like a little small glass of like whiskey or something. And instead, uh, Daniel's like, no, I don't need that. And he just brings out like a giant jug. <laughs> like moonshine or some shit so things uh things go up things go down but at least the lord is always around is what eli says did he really say i don't remember (laughs) that he said that yes then eli says that he comes with sad news and that apparently mr bandy died and that mr bandy um grandson decided to go be an actor and um and so now uh now he's asking daniel if he's interested in teaming up with him to buy that land so they can use it for for getting oil greedy and daniel says he'll work with him if he uh tells him that he's a false prophet and that god is a superstition of course he did why wouldn't he ask him to do that (laughs) yeah the pissing contest continues everybody and uh and so he actually does get eli um to say that he says it louder and louder and louder it's very pretty much reflective of what he did to him in the church and so he he does say it um and daniel really makes it tough on him so after all that after eli says all of that daniel tells him that all that area has been drilled that he's been able to take the oil from bandy's track that he was able to gobble it up from the land around it so he never actually had to drill on that land he was able to take the oil um by going a different route and now eli's just super bummed out and sad (laughs) uh i mean he already kind of has a super bummed out sad face but mm-hmm. he looks extra sad now and uh eli says that he's desperate this is when he he breaks him basically and he's like okay i'm gonna tell you for real like i'm desperate and i think he still owes him the five thousand no i uh, yeah i don't <laughs> know if he ever <laughs> i don't think he ever paid his debt. i don't think he ever paid that debt and eli mentions that he's a sinner and it turns out that his investments have fallen through so daniel tells him that he's uh daniel ends up telling him that he's not the chosen brother that paul was the chosen one it was paul that had told him about eli and the funny thing is is that he paid him ten thousand in cash and now uh paul's making money um paul is making all all the money and he says and you slithered out of your mother's filth (laughs) That is so gross. That might be the lowest of the low insult, That's such man. such a bad... Because you're like not only insulting the like guy, visual. you're insulting the mom. Like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's very vivid. I just imagine gross Eli like... <laughs> Start the reactor. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, so disgusting. So he starts just yelling. Um, Daniel just starts yelling. He's going ape shit. And he's like um saying that he starts yelling that i am the third revelation that he's the third revelation um i told you i would eat you up and he just starts chasing him and then he hits him in the with a pin one of his bowling pins right in the freaking back or leg and eli just plops down hard i think that one hit already kind of messed him up then all of a sudden you think like it's over and daniel's just gonna walk away and say something you know random but no he bashes the brains out of eli like holy rowdy dude it is amazing like i remember the first time i saw this movie it freaking shocked me because i just did not expect it to end that way but i don't know why you don't expect that because he's done nothing to redeem himself throughout the entire movie that's true i just didn't think i i didn't think he was gonna go 
I always forget that like white guys, they have so much privilege, they get bored and just start wanting to kill people. Like that's why my- white male rage, <laughs> yeah. white male rage. And so I just didn't think it was gonna. I didn't think the movie was gonna take it there. And um, oh, it took it there. Yeah, and now you I know. I think the whole movie is about white male rage. And I always felt like Eli was holding himself back, and I feel like he's probably the most open-minded he's ever been at this point in the movie. Eli. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. You get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was funny, right? <laughs> All right, so there were a lot of, that's the end of the movie, everybody. So there were a lot of very impressionable impressionable, impressionable people in this movie. Very good characters, very memorable lines. Memorable lines, yes, indeed. It's quick impressions now. Quick impressions. Thank you for your time. No, no, no. There's no confusion. I wouldn't take the lease if you gave it to me as a gift. No, Mr. Plainview, no. Where are you going? I don't need the lease, thank you. But we need you. We need We need you to get too much confusion. Thank you for your time. No, 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 no. There's no confusion. I wouldn't take the lease if you gave it to me as a gift. All right, everybody, so now it is time to rate this bad boy. So I don't know if you know this, Bree, because I doubt you've actually listened to an entire episode of this stupid show. And I wouldn't blame you either. I mean, it is usually an hour long, and I think this this one's actually going to be even longer, probably. (laughs) Um, I rate all the movies by mustache, and I rate them by my favorite mustaches. Okay. Um, So uh, Fu Manchu is top rating, recommend. Um, So like out of five or ten? Just listen. Okay. Walrus mustache is pretty good. Okay. Horseshoe mustache is eh. And uh, tooth, um, uh, <laughs> what's it called? Toothbrush mustache or the Hitler mustache is do not recommend this piece of trash. Oh, wow. Okay. I give this movie, I mean, come on. It's like a no-brainer. This is a freaking awesome, crazy-ass film. Remarkably shot. Remarkable music. Remarkable acting. You got Paul F. Tompkins just ripping up the screen. And you got Daniel Day-Lewis doing his thing. I give this whole movie a Fu Manchu. Agreed. Yay. So you give it a Fu Manchu as well? Yeah, I do. Okay. All right, everybody. That's the end of the show. We thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Bree, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you, you like got a little sexy voice going on. Oh, God, stop. I like it. Um, you can follow uh, the show on Instagram at Mustachioed Podcastio. You can also find it on Twitter at M Mustachio. I mean, sorry, M Podcastio. And there I'll post all, kind, all kinds of stuff, but I will always try to post a little bit ahead of time what movie we're covering so you can check it out. And hey, if you have any recommendations, feel free to send me recommendations. Like I said, no guarantee I'll follow them, but if I do, I will let you know and I will give you props. Um, also, I was thinking, oh, and if there's any, uh, whatever podcast app you use, leave a review, leave a star, like five stars. Um multiple stars? a thumbs up i don't know whatever the hell <laughs> podcast you're using if there's any way you could just help me out i really really love seeing everybody interacting with me on on social media and stuff and i don't even really like social media but y'all y'all make it fun but anyway thank you so much for listening y'all have a good one i'm out of here laters